0: The views expressed on The Pickleball Show are not necessarily those of the USAPA.
1: The Pickleball Show is the official podcast of the USAPA, dedicated to growing the sport of pickleball around the country. Show your support and become a USAPA member today. Visit USAPA.org. From Bainbridge Island to the villages, pickleball is one of the fastest-growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford, 5L baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know this is the pickleball show.
0: Hello, my name's Wayne Mugley, pickleball lover, and here's the host of the
1: Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Live from the PBX Club Studios in Asheville, North Carolina, it's the Pickleball Show. I'm your host, Chris Allen. Joined today by co-host from pickleballtournaments.com, it is the hardest working person in pickleball, Melissa McCurley. Hey, Melissa.
2: Hey there, Chris. How are you?
1: Doing well. You doing okay after the uh, U.S. Open? You've been able to decompress some?
2: Uh, I have, doing outstanding and re-energized, you know, ready for the rest of the tournament season.
1: That sounds good. We also have a special guest with us. This gentleman has been around Pickleball for decades, and uh, he is a Pickleball legend from Portland, Oregon, Steve Peranto. Hey, Steve. Hey, how you doing, Chris? Doing well. Thank you so much for joining Melissa and I today on the Pickleball Show. Well, I wanted to get your take, Melissa, on the U.S. Open. Uh, Steve, I want you to join me in uh, just kind of getting a debriefing here from Melissa, because that was probably... would imagine the most logistically challenging tournament ever in the history of pickleballtournaments.com. What do you think, Melissa?
2: Oh, no doubt. It was a historic moment, uh, not only for Pickleball, but certainly for PickleballTournaments.com as well. We ran 2,312 matches over five days, 805 players, 48 courts, and that just had not been done before. Uh, we certainly spent over a year planning and preparing uh, with the organizers, and for something that was so large, something that was really put on as an event. A lot of people hear me say that. It was it was an event and there was a pickleball tournament going on around that event and to see something come together so well for the first year was really impressive. Not to say that there aren't a lot of things that need to be improved and things that can always get better, but for the first time to, to put on something like that, Uh, I would say it was hugely successful.
1: Yeah, everybody has just uh, gone on and on about what a great time they had. And I have to tell you, you know, I've always introduced you as the hardest working person in pickleball. Boy, that was really made uh, doubly clear to me when before the U.S. Open, you ran the, uh, the South Atlantic Regionals in Mobile, Alabama, and I was able to, to witness firsthand the job that you do, and I was constantly blown away by it on a number of different levels. So when I introduce you as the hardest working person in pickleball, I'm going to just be doubly confident now that. That is definitely true.
2: Uh, well, there's certainly a lot of hardworking people out there. But one thing for me is I love pickleball tournaments and I love running a pickleball tournament. It uh, is its own competitive challenge for me to do everything that we can on our end to ensure as smooth of an experience for people participating in that tournament as possible. So I find myself running more tournaments than I do playing
1: it's amazing, though, because I mentioned to you when when on the last day of the regionals, I said it's like you're an air traffic controller because you're you're having to you know, there's all these things going on, all these moving parts. And it's like, you know, well, this plane has to land, but this plane can't land until this plane takes off. And, well, we wanted to land them on this runway, but we have to do it on a different runway because this one's not clear yet. And you're just constantly doing those things. And I, I remember telling you there's a reason why they put the air traffic controllers way away. From the public, you know, it's like imagine if you had to do that stuff while you're at the baggage claim. You know, they put the air traffic controllers right there, and you have to not only do that, but also answer questions like, "Is there a low sodium meal on this flight?" And you know, "Where is my luggage? Can you help me look for my luggage?" You know, do that in addition, and not to, and again, and and this is the, uh, these opinions are in no way a reflection on pickleballtournaments.com. <laughs> I should say a disclaimer, but uh, to be and and. People are so nice, but it's just everybody thinks they have one question. Well, it's just me. I just have one simple question. And they constantly come up to you to be able to juggle all those things. My hat's off to you. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, well, I'm glad you could be there and participate. It was a great tournament there in Mobile and and really good, I think, for the city of Mobile there to, to have pickleball there at what the largest tennis facility that exists in the world as well. So that was pretty impressive. Another
1: impressive thing that happened just this past weekend, we got pickleball on national television. The finals of the U.S. Open aired on CBS Sports Network. It was an hour long. So, you know, everything's a progression. Maybe next year it'll be longer. Maybe next year we'll have some streaming. I know Chris and Terry said that they were looking into that, but I heard that the Paranto house was certainly the place to be for the broadcast that happened over the weekend. Wasn't that right, Steve?
0: Oh, we had a great time. We had about 70 people here at my house. Pickleball players like to play games, so I had my house all set up. I actually recorded it earlier in the day because that was shown four o'clock our time. Mm -hmm. So the party started about five, and we had games to play all over the house, including my backyard's a pickleball court. So, of course, the court was being used. And then around 8 o'clock at night, we went into two different movie theater rooms and played the event, and everybody just had a great time. Of course, so- here in the Northwest, every time Wes's picture would show up on the screen or Sarah's, we would all scream and roar. So exciting times for us.
1: That's great. Now, what do you see, Steve? Uh, you you are so, I guess, uh, steeped in pickleball's past. And I know that one of the things that you are passionate about is the rating system for pickleball.
0: So my dad and I have been involved in this sport since the 70s. My dad's the one that made the first composite paddle in the early 80s. And he was here to, at the party, too, and he just got such a kick out of watching everybody watch the U.S. Open. Back in those days, when we were forming the USAPA, Sid Williams was the man who formed that, but we were part of that here in the, in the area. We definitely had less people who were members of the USAPA at that time in 1984 than we had in my house the other day.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And so when we see these numbers, like 2 million people are playing pickleball and they project 8 million, I forget, it's three years from now, and that's probably is what's going to happen. We just can't believe it. We we thought the future of pickleball would be when movie stars started playing, that it would become popular. We had no idea that the sport would take off because of seniors playing in outdoor conditions like Florida and Utah and Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so we did not see that coming at all. And that's just terrific. But yeah, as far as the ratings go... I'm I'm very excited about where it's heading. I, I, I've been on uh, the subcommittee with USAPA and with uh, Paul Porch. He's a, a retired uh, math professor in our area. And he's the one that turned me onto this idea about three years ago, changing the ratings from zero to five to what we do in table tennis and chess. Your ratings change every match you play. hmm And it's kind of exciting to try to improve your rating. makes it much more fair when you go to tournaments. You could bracket the tournaments. So, you know, you combine your rating with your partner's rating and add up what rating you have and put the top eight teams in one bracket then the next eight then the next eight I think it will be the future of how we play tournaments
1: well how would it be I mean would you no longer be a 35 or a 4.0 or a 50
0: I yeah I actually think that in a matter of a year or two we won't be talking about I'm a 40 player I'm a 45 I think people will say what's your rating well this week I'm 2210 my rating just changed after I played a tournament last week you know it changes a little bit at a time it's not going to be jumping crazily
1: how but- do you how do you rate yourself if you're not playing in tournaments all the time or do you
0: well it would stay the same if you're not playing in a tournament yes that's
1: true well how does somebody that uh you know i just play in my local club i'm not
2: you know that could still
0: be a part of it because you're still playing players who also have a similar you know ratings
2: steve are you saying that these uh tournament ratings or how the ratings are done could be used as a for clubs to do club ratings for their folks as well even if they don't play uh in tournaments
0: Oh, I think so, because we do it in table tennis right now. It works great. I, I'm doing the same thing. I, I was playing table tennis once a week in a small-time tournament, actually at a bar. We still were involved in this rating system, so every time we played a match, it was entered in, into the computer, mm-hmm. and my rating either went down or up, depending on my matches.
1: How would that uh, help or hinder you, Melissa, in terms of pickleballtournaments.com? I don't
2: know. Let me let me count the ways <laughs> of how positive this would be. <laughs> uh, yeah. to, to just have a system that takes the subjectivity out of how you seed and bracket a tournament would be huge for the credibility, for lack of a better term, and the overall quality of how the tournaments are put together and ensuring that the right players are being matched up in the right place for when those brackets are going in their first round. Um, I just think it's huge. Uh, We have too much uh, now that goes on with uh, subjectivity in the way of putting the brackets together. Uh, And even some of that subjectivity has some real research done behind it. But again, that human element is involved. And I think until we take that human element out and we actually have real performance data that is helping us put these brackets together, I do think that it makes it somewhat, well, it would make it challenging to continue to advance the sport forward in the competitive way that we're going, especially through these pro brackets without this type of rating system.
0: Now, the other seniors like me are so excited about a system like this taking place is I'm 60 years old and I'm a 5-0 player. So now when I go play skill tournaments in my area, I'm playing against Enrique I'm playing against Wes. I'm playing against Sarah. I'm playing against Chris Barksdale and Joy. I'm playing against Curtis. I'm p- so I'm playing against the top 5-0. So there's mm-hmm. a big, big difference between someone who has been winning four or five tournaments and just gets moved up to five o, and then they may never win a match again. Right. Right where this system will always put people in a category that at least is the best for that tournament that they entered. There may be some tournaments, don't have a lot of people, so you'll still play those same people. But mm-hmm. a bigger tournament in our local area, I wouldn't be in that bracket.
1: Well, and how does it prevent sandbagging too? Because you get people that keep wanting to play down in tournaments just to win when really they should be playing up a little bit more. Does it prevent that as well?
0: Oh, well, see, that wouldn't happen with the new system because it will it's going to quickly put you at the level you're supposed to supposed to be at after a couple three tournaments you're going to be playing people that let's say that i am a 1450 i'll be playing other people around that same level okay it quickly adjusts with this system
1: what's the process of uh, transitioning to this kind of rating system is it something we have to just cut over to right away or do we gradually implement it
0: what i'm really happy about is is chris thomas who's the head of the ratings committee He's been working with a subcommittee for about six months now. He's totally on board, the committee's on board. We're definitely moving toward that direction. I think it's going to be here fairly soon. I, the goal is to start this uh, in January. Okay. Chris has spent a lot of work organizing these meetings with a lot a lot of people. You know, he didn't have to do this. He could have just done the old same old stuff. And but he's been willing to change, and he understands the benefits, and it, it is going to happen.
1: And Melissa is pickleballtournaments.com. Are you signed off on that and ready to go forward with this new system?
2: Um, absolutely. For us, any type of system that's going to help us improve the quality of the brand- we put together for tournaments and that other tournaments put together using our system to help them manage their event is a direction that we want to go. So, um, and if that's certainly uh, the place where we come together uh, with the USAPA, uh, then I think we're all better for it.
1: Steve, what's the website? Don't they have a website where if you want to learn more, you can go to and read about this uh, new rating system?
2: Yes, I believe they're
0: pickleballratings.com.
1: Pickleballratings.com. We'll link to it in the show notes. And uh, another thing that's coming uh, on the horizon, in addition to a new rating system, we've got the new list of approved balls and uh, probably even more importantly, the new list of disapproved balls, and uh, those include some of the favorites, especially in indoors. I know the, right. the jugs balls have been used for a long time indoors. They are no longer on that list. The Dura balls, the outdoor version, which is the Dura 40, is approved, and then the Dura 26, which is the indoor version of the Dura ball, is also approved. Those are available now. The Onyx Pure 2 ball, they're going to have an indoor and an outdoor version of that onyx pure ball you probably are already familiar with it it's the bright you know kind of big bird yellow ball they're going to have an indoor version that's got the bigger holes a tiny bit lighter maybe plays a little bit faster and then they've got the uh, the onyx pure 2 outdoor ball it's going to be the same except it's going to not bounce quite as high the old onyx the original pure is rated at 37 inches the new onyx uh outdoor, I'm going from memory here, is rated at 31 and then the indoor is rated at 33 inches and the Dura 40 ball is at 32. The new rating system, the ball has to be dropped from 75 inches onto a cement surface. If it bounces uh, let's see, between 29.
0: The new rule is 30 to 34 inches. The old range was 29 to 37, which was ridiculous. Even the rules for tennis is much narrower than that. And that has, that's an air filled ball. So the USAPA has gone the right direction with making that a narrower margin. So now it's going to be from 30 to 34, which will make the balls closer together.
1: That is great. Have you used any of the new balls that are on the approved list? Have you ever used that Dura 26 ball, Steve? The
0: Dura 26, I don't believe it, That's prob- but I'm knowing since Dura balls are all hard. You know, in the Northwest, we don't like the hard balls because our weather's cooler and they all play like a rock
1: here. Yeah, and they crack so, when the temperature goes they down, crack, they crack. They
0: but, that, but, you know, if it was the best playing ball, we would like it. We need here in the Northwest a softer ball like the new Onyx balls are going to do because um, our weather's cooler. And we want a ball that doesn't feel like a rock on our paddle. You know, when the game was invented, we were using Cossum balls, which were soft. And that the original Cossum ball was made not for pickleball, but we, you know, pickleball sport used it and we used it indoors and outdoors. That was the only ball for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we did not allow any of the hard balls. So when the hard balls first starting to come out, by the way, the, when the hard balls first were manufactured, they were not made for outdoor play. That was going to be called the new pickleball. I believe pickleball Inc. made the first ones. And they wanted to make a ball, so they made hard balls, which are real similar to the Dura ball today. Mm-hmm. And we did not approve them in the USAPA because we felt it took away all the dimensions of the game. There was not not as much dinking. There wasn't much lobbying.
1: Yeah, and that's the big complaint with a higher bouncing ball is that it tilts it more towards a power game and it takes right. away the soft game. That Onyx Pure 2 is going to be the ball because it uh, is softer than the Dura, but it has the playability. It certainly has the visibility. It's even more visible than a Dura ball. And I think it has the durability too because it's not going to crack in temperatures right. You know, when it gets down into the 50s.
0: And then the other problem itself all- is it is much quieter. The pitch is noticeably not that high, high pitch, which a lot of communities hate. Mm -hmm. So that's one other benefit. I do realize, you know, a lot of today's top players... That are doing great with the Dura Ball aren't real excited about doing any kind of changes because their game is working great
1: with the Dura Ball. So I've seen people on Facebook, top players, you know, in Arizona, saying, "Hey, you know, it and the villages, you know, this is a Dura Ball game, and and we're not playing with anything but that."
0: And I think that's funny because it wasn't a Dura Ball game for the first thirty years of pickleball; <laughs> it was a awesome softball game. But you got to realize in Florida, when the Dura Ball is eighty degrees, it plays a, a lot like the uh, pure ball will in most of the country when it's right out of the box. It's totally different when you're playing with a hard ball in hot weather than it is in most of the country in the mornings when you're playing. So I I, th- I really think the uh, pure two type balls that, that in the future, will think of those as the four star balls and the old hard balls as a one star ball. If you compare like table tennis, mm-hmm. when they have the one star right. or a golfer who has a pro V1, I think the pro V1 will be the pure two. And I think the uh, Hardball would be like a uh, what we call a top-flight rock-flight
1: ball in golf. And you might be saying, well, you know, you're talking about this Pure 2 and everything, and where can I get my hands on some? And uh, the Pure 2, indoor and outdoor version, they're coming. They're being manufactured right now. They're going to be out in July, is the latest that we hear from Escalade Sports. What happened, I guess, with the Pure 1, they mass-produced the Pure 1, and then uh, when it didn't meet the new requirements, They sort of got left maybe hanging on to many, many thousands of the pure one balls. And so they didn't want to mass produce the pure two until they were absolutely sure that it would pass the USAPA standards and get approved. So it has been approved.
0: The reason the the rules have changed was because... Onyx made the pure one to meet the regulations that were set in the past, 29 to 37 inches, and their ball bounced at the upper end of that. But there was no existing ball that bounced at the upper end, but those were the existing rules. And then, of course, when it came out, well, it bounces too high. Well, not according to standards. So that's why the USAPA clamped down on the and made the uh, range shorter it's too bad they didn't do that
1: early as a business you know you can say well gee thanks a lot now i've got seventy thousand of these balls <laughs> hanging out in my Bye. warehouse uh, that are no longer tournament ready you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be a little more cautious next time fool me twice shame on me we're, we're looking forward to these new ones coming out and i think that they are going to be the ball Uh, that's going to be used indoors and outdoors. And that is the Onyx Pure 2 ball that'll be coming in July.
0: I used to think that, well, let's make one ball that could be used both indoors and outdoors.
1: Yeah, that's that's the dream.
0: But you know what? You can't. And the reason is, outdoors, you really do need a a ball that's heavier. And once you add a little more weight that that works well in the wind, it is going to be too fast on any wood floor or tile floor. And so they really do have to make... An indoor ball and an outdoor ball and that's what Onyx is doing with that. So it is two separate balls. Some people are confused thinking it's one ball. No, there's two different balls.
1: Right. The indoor will have the larger holes. It'll have 26 large holes. The outdoor will have 40 smaller holes. The outdoor will be just a tiny bit thicker and and a tiny bit heavier than the indoor ball. But it's going to be that same bright Big Bird yellow color. Yeah. It's going to be that same kind of soft material that everybody seems to like. Not super soft, but just soft enough it feels good on your paddle right and it seems to work in all conditions not susceptible to a lot of cracking bounces well on multiple surfaces indoor and outdoor right i think that this is going forward this is the ball to beat this is going to be the de facto ball
0: well you know for all the the pickleball clubs that you have all over the nation that spend tons of money buying like 500 balls a year or more you know more probably with the dura ball mm-hmm. you know now they can invest in a in a year amount of balls that uh, don't crack don't break a lot of clubs are using the Tudor machines they're hitting balls over and over and over and the dura balls don't hold up for that but the new balls will
1: Sounds good, and I can go ahead and say right now that uh, we've got Pickleball Summit coming up in July, and the official ball that we will be using at Pickleball Summit will be the Onyx Pure 2 Indoor Ball. Oh,
0: that's great. Yeah,
1: now Melissa, where are you uh, headed to in the future here coming up tournament-wise? What's your next big tournament on your horizon?
2: Uh, The next one for me is the USAPA's Atlantic Regional Tournament up in Portland, Maine, uh, supporting Rocky Clark, who's the ambassador in that region and tournament director for that regional, and there's...
1: Linda Einseidler as well. Say hi to her for us.
2: I will definitely do that. We're all very excited. I think we're over 325 uh, registrations currently, which will make it the largest tournament to be played in that particular region. So just another sign of the significant growth that we're seeing in the game.
1: Sounds good. And uh, I'm sure my wife will want me to get you to send us some clam cakes down here to North Carolina while you're up there.
2: Making me hungry, Chris.
1: <laughs> Steve, what, what's uh, next on your tournament, calendar?
0: Our next one is the Bend uh, Senior Games in Bend, Oregon, Central Oregon. They have 16 beautiful courts in one location, Bend is kind of becoming our pickleball mecca of Oregon.
1: Well, we would certainly like to talk with you uh, some more, Steve, and get your take on uh, what's happening in pickleball and what you see the future holding for all of us around the country. And we certainly do appreciate you making time for us today. Thank you. And Melissa, thank you as always for joining us. If you are running a pickleball tournament, you definitely need Melissa, Greg, and pickleballtournaments.com in your corner. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah,
2: well, thanks so much for having me. And thanks for all you're doing for the game through your show much appreciated
1: well you know the key is to get great guests and then i can just hit the record button and my work is pretty much done here hey have you gotten your copy of the top 10 tips from pickleball's three greatest coaches we're talking about coach mo deb harrison Prame carno all in one quick study guide that will take your game to the next level how much would something like that cost it's got to be an arm and a leg nope actually it's free Just go to freepbxclub.com, type in your email address, we'll send it right over to you. We'll send you that and also some money-saving deals. You can get Coach Mo's new DVD set, Percentage Pickleball, $5 off when you are a PBX Club member. It's free to join. Just head over to freepbxclub.com. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low.